the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Good day. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Want to talk a little real estate, a little investing, a little place to live, or a little place to go broke, getting in over your head. Seems like real estate kind of inspires a little bit of everything, doesn't it? When you're first 18 years old, and well, now let's go back to 16, and you're listening to AM, FM radio with a a, a cassette tape, and you'd wait for the top five at 10, or the top 10 at 10, and you'd like steal music. You wouldn't pay for it. You'd you record it. You know, my dad was such a jerk that he would come in the room and he's like, you, you're not paying for that. You're stealing it. I'm like in hindsight, I'm like, dad, I bet when you were 16, you did the same damn thing. But now that you're 40, 45, 50, you're just a jerk. And as I turn 40, 45, I've become such a jerk where let's say someone, you know, hits your bumper and you're like, you've got a thousand dollar deductible. I'm like, I'm going to go down to a $500 deductible. <laughs> And then get it fixed and then go back to a $1,000 deductible. At some point in your life, you're just like, you know what? I'm just going to play it by the rules. So I kind of get it. Anyway, um, so do you remember being 16, living in your, your bedroom, and you just wanted to be away from your dad and listen to music? And, like, your room was, like, freedom. And then when you turned 18, you went off to college, and your dorm room was like, whoa, where's the laundry room? And you kind of discovered about nine weeks later. It's kind of like kind of a cool experiment in, in understanding what real estate means to you. And then you get out of college, and you're like, I love you, sugar booger. Let's get a place together. And then you kind of quickly learn that she poops. Um, Secret to a a good marriage, secret to a good relationship is separate bathrooms. And, you know, I remember at one point in time, I'm like, I'm at a hotel with a a lady friend. I'm like, I'm going to go down to the the lobby, make a phone call. That was code for I'm going to go use the facility somewhere else and not have you hear this because I want things to maintain a sexiness to it. But space and living um, areas kind of like define us as a society. And then we are like, let's get a place together. And you're like, we're going to make love in every room. We're going to put a coin in a jar. And that first six weeks, we're going to take the coins out of the jar every time we have whoopee. One more, one more. We're filling this baby up. Let's do one more. I've got a little testosterone going. And then through the years, you start taking it out. And, well, there's just still coins in it. So home ownership and renting and, and owning, it, it's big stuff. And I've seen couples, you know, that turns into a massive fight on owning property. It's freaking Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. He does my loans. We're actually starting to work on putting my documents together for a loan. I feel like I'm in a rush, but I should kind of rush these things because once I get all the documents to you after a three-month period, you're going to say, I need new documents. Yeah. Those, de- yeah. those W-2s from January, they need to be updated. Make sure you still have a job. And I'm with you on that. But it is a process. Uh, what's your thoughts when I'm talking about, like, isn't it funny? Like, real estate just, it, it, it elicits tons of emotions on people. Yeah, it does. And, you know, 
it doesn't help that sometimes the mortgage process can be a little bit tricky, and then you throw that in there, and you're you just spent all this time finding a house and going through the motions with that, and then you have to go through the mortgage process. So that's kind of the end that I get. And it can be frustrating, and we do our best to kind of coach people through and make the that a little bit easier. The whole buying process can be tricky. Yeah, the whole the whole process, there's two sides of it. Um, what's funny is that we still get realtors that say, oh, yeah, it's just going to be really easy. You know, we just got to find the house. Granted, that is what a realtor, half of what I think a realtor should do is is help you walk through the process to, to say it is easy because you don't want to be overwhelmed and you want to be able to make the right decision. Six years ago, me, my friend Art, and my friend Steve all decided to buy a house. And Art bought a house made out of hay. <laughs> and it's really close to all the other houses in San Carlos. I bought a house made out of, of um, sticks. And it was, it was on the smaller side, but it was very, very nice. And Steve bought a bigger house that was just bigger, and it was made out of um, wood um, and steel and polycarbonates and fibers and stuff. And long story short, art bought by a, a lot of other people. Who wants to live by a lot of other people? No one. No one. So his house, it gets blown over in a storm. So he bought his for 900000 It's probably worth one point two. Not bad. Not bad. Six years later. I bought a house for 900000 It's worth one point eight. A little more, fewer neighbors, a little more creek, better school district, not on top of each other. Um, but the guy who bought the house for 1.2, I was like, you're crazy. You're spending way too much money. You live on top of a hill. Just sold it for $2.5 million. Yep. So I'm like, my house is too small. It's <laughs> too, I need to, I, I don't know. I'm trapped in too small of a house. Now, th- this is for fictitious purposes. We didn't really build houses out of straw wood and polycarbonate materials. But the guy who took the bigger chance got the bigger reward. And that's where like you get into this, but he also had the most downside. So, yeah. He had the most risk. Yeah. There's certainly the risk factor there that a lot of people take. Um, you, you brought up a good point, Rob, that a lot of people have done exactly what Steve art and Rob did. And please call me Mr. Black, Mr. Black a homeowner. And they, if they're feeling trapped, um, and it's not just on the the size of the house, but the ability to find another house to actually move to, uh, maybe into a better school district or just another room because of a, a fa- another family member is popping out of a, a spouse. But uh, is that your way of saying having a baby? Having a baby, another family member popping out of a spouse. Yeah. Okay, I'm good with it. I, mean, I call my parents spawn units. Okay. I call them um, just kind of a brotherly thing, paternal and maternal unit. Sure, so. the units. So. Gotcha. Uh, Mama had a and, baby and her head popped off. <laughs> sure, it's kind of like the Monty Python skit in the, in the oh, very it, first scene of uh, Meaning of Life, where she's the English woman's cooking in the kitchen and she's Catholic, <laughs> and a baby just falls out onto the ground. <laughs> Some kid comes pick it up. And like two a minute later, another baby pops out. Yeah. And then another minute, like, it's kind of a statement on Catholicism. Yeah, there's a lot of millennials and even younger people who don't even know what that is. Look it up. Monty Python was fantastic. It's only a waffer thing. Yeah. I couldn't eat another thing. I'm absolutely stuffed. <laughs> I dedicate that clip to Marco. And what's funny is a few minutes later, he explodes. Which is... So let's go back to the emotions on it. 
I kind of said, I know what I want to afford. I'm not going to extend myself. And six years later, six years later, I, I yeah. wish I kind of extended myself. Yeah. So that's kind of looking back and wish you bought you, bigger. But again, I did buy what I should have bought. That's the number one. I regret. made the right decision. That is the number one regret right. that homeowners have after buying a house is that they wish they bought bigger. I think what ends up happening is a lot of people find the when they take on that the, the first emotions of buying a house and then that large payment that comes along with it, then they realize that they can actually afford it. Not afford it. I don't want to say that. I want to say they find ways to make ends meet and they go, you know, we could have afforded another $100,000, $200,000, $300 in a mortgage, which would have translated into another fifty dollars or $100,000 in a purchase price, which would have meant another room or an office or a garage or a bigger yard. And... I did. I had that same emotion when I bought my house. I wish I got the bigger garage. I wish I put the fireplace. Anyway, in the bring in the idea on emotions because yeah. it's a big thing and people get overwhelmed. And I remember even signing my first set of mortgage docs. I'm like, is this going to end? I don't want to do this anymore. Like I almost canceled the transaction because I was stressed. Yeah, Anxiety. You're, yeah, you're buying another house. Anyway, you can find Tony Mendez at BayAreaLoanSource.com. He'll help you get the loan done. That's what he does. He gets loans done. That's his bumper sticker. If you ever want a Kia car, it says, I get loans done. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Who is Ella? Marijah, Lana Yellis, O'Connor. She'd be Lord. Singer-songwriter from New Zealand. Where sheep are sheep. Bah. You ever see the show Sean the Sheep? Awesome show. Anyhow, and anyway, I'm not a millennial. I like alternative music that's college-oriented. This is probably as young as I skew in my music taste. I have no shame. I love Apple Music. Why do I like Apple Music instead of Spotify? Because I own shares of Apple. Does that not make sense to you? I own shares of Nike. Guess what shoes I buy? Nikes. I own shares of Boeing because I've got a nuclear weapon that I'm getting ready to launch. I own Lockheed Martin because I've got an F-18 strike fighter that's I'm sending towards North Korea. Okay, now I'm embellishing a bit. Let's talk real estate. Let's talk Bay Area real estate. This week or this month or this year has not been the best for the press releases hitting the Bay Area. We have expensive real estate, but we also have some companies that are in the news. Tony Mendez from BayAreaLoanSource.com. You can find him. He's my lender, BayAreaLoanSource.com. I promote him because I trust him. There's no money exchange. There's no kickback. I promote him because I trust him. Um, I've been asked to promote some people that I've made one mistake in 20 years that I wish I would never have done. It was horrific. But there's no one I will endorse. Um, I will only endorse people that I trust and and feel good about. So anyway, this week, um, there's an article that I recently read on BuzzFeed tied, There's Blood in the Water in Silicon Valley. And it's worth a read. There's Blood in the Water in Silicon Valley. And it talks about how the 99 percenters are angry over tech's growing power. And yesterday I highlighted, you know, ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox, they're screwed. Because I can go to the New York Times and it tells me what articles I should read. 
it points them out to me. I can go on Facebook and it points out what news I should read. I can go to Apple and it, it points out what road direction I should take the fastest roads. Um, oh, and by the way, along the way, look, there's a McDonald's in case you're hungry. With a Google, with a self-driving car, I can get in Google self-driving car and I could say, um, Google, best Mexican. And best Mexican might be open until 7 o'clock, but it's already 9 o'clock. And Google's algorithm knows that. So it's not going to recommend the best. It's going to recommend the best one that's open. And one of the reasons they do that is they send those cars driving around and they take pictures. And when you send a car driving around and take pictures, one of the things it's taking pictures of is the time that a place is open till. So Google can recommend stuff for me way better than ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox can. So if you don't think these guys have growing power, Amazon. I went skiing four or five times last year. I bought nothing from Amazon, but I searched for skiing stuff. And now I'm getting like, oh, you want the season pass? Oh, you want your skis waxed? I'm like, how do they know that? And it's these little things called cookies. I'm not going to go into it because I'm going to assume that you have a brain. You would think like a Lincoln if you only had a brain. Um, but the tech companies are growing in power. And, you know, Facebook taking ads from Russians and influencing the election. It's got a lot of America pissed off. It doesn't have you pissed off, but you voted for Clinton. And that's how Trump got into office. I say it's better to get along with Russia than not. There's mounting antitrust concerns. Is anyone really going to compete with Apple? You know, Samsung does a nice job, but doesn't that kind of feel like Microsoft in the 80s and 90s? Who did a nice job next to them? I don't really remember. Wasn't there a company, Novell? Yeah, they had an operating system. Hmm, that's cute. Um, there's animus from the ad-dependent media companies. There's biased charges from right-wingers without a seat at the table in Silicon Valley. There's complaints, especially amongst Democrats, about Russian interference in the election on social media. There's efforts to reckon with gender discrimination and harassment at male-dominated engineering companies. There's accusation of fake news and clickbait all around. There's lawsuits from former Googlers talking about sexual discrimination and how women didn't get paid as much as men did. It is not a good time to be a tech company in the Bay Area. The press is against you. One of the founders of eBay tweeted in a cute and humorous way. He said, let's build a comprehensive database of highly personal targeted info and sell secret ads with zero public scrutiny. What can go wrong? And the backlash was horrific on the dude. It was sarcasm, which does not work on the Internet. And someone should warn him. So there's a lot of negatives going on. And you know what scares me? I own real estate smack dab in the middle of all those companies whether it be Google or Facebook or Alphabet or Amazon or uh, Apple. I own real estate, and these companies are now starting to become vilified on a lot of levels. Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. What's been very, very good for me can cut back the other direction. I'm not, I'm not naive to that. Yeah, it, and a lot of people in the Bay Area are certainly aware of this. Um, the money that comes from companies like this has certainly f- fueled real estate, especially in Santa Clara and the peninsula. Um, and it can, it can, you know, the bigger they are, the harder they fall kind of um, theory can be used. But you are- there's just too many, there's too many companies here, too many jobs, too many healthcare companies, too, there's too many Stanfords, there's too many lawyers and doctors, and the, the, the incomes are there. I'm, I'm not worried about one. I'm worried about all. And I don't, I'm not sure what angle you're taking with, you know, the, the scrutiny that the, the tech is getting right now, but... Um, we're looking at, it's not like it's a 
small, I lived in a small town in Massachusetts where GE was the only company there. And when it left, half the town became unemployed. Um, I'm not, and then real estate tanked for years, many, many years, and it still hasn't recovered. Um, what I'm I getting at, what I'm getting back is if you go back to Hershey, Pennsylvania, have you, have you ever heard of it? Of course. They make, a, they make a chocolate bar. He is one of the world's most famous bigots in the world. He set up his trust for his children, an orphanage. They could only have white kids. Mm. But he had a town that he put all the housing in. And if you wanted to work at the Hershey factory, you were basically rented from him. Once you were in, you couldn't get out. Same thing with the coal mining towns. The Bay Area is heavily dependent on the jobs of Facebook, Google, Apple, on some levels, Amazon. It used to be Microsoft. Now, again, you're right. We used to have um, Yahoo and Excite and Lycos. We used to have Web 1.0. And before that, we had uh, defense companies. So there's always going to be someone to fill the seat. But in Hershey, you can buy a house now for a song and a dance. In the coal mining towns, they'll give you money to move there. Detroit used to be an up-and-comer. Cleveland used to be an up-and-comer. Um, they used to, I mean, Cleveland was, was like the pearl of the United States. And now their rivers catch on fire, and no one wants to be in Cleveland. We're going to talk more real estate and cities that come and cities that go and some good ideas for cities. We have a big one coming up tied towards Amazon that's not yet developed yet. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing and more, focusing on real estate this hour. I talked a little bit about Hershey and I didn't get a chance to get into it. Obviously, Hershey bars made millions and millions of dollars and a lot of diabetics and fat people. Um, maybe chocolate's probably killed as many people as cigarettes, but chocolate's lovely. Let's go eat some more chocolate. Yum, 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 yum. Get in my belly! But Hershey, his name was Milton Snavely Hershey. And I so badly want to name a kid. I, don't, I, I, I No more kids for me, right? Not going to happen. But if I could name a kid Snavely, S-N-A-V-E-L-Y, that's pretty awful. Snavely? <laughs> What's the name of that dog? Muttley? Muttley. Muttley, okay. Um, cartoon dog. One of the greatest cartoon dogs of all time who, oddly enough, sounds like a smoker with a cough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Um, so Hershey knew he chose well when he picked up his, his um, Hershey town. He basically chose to have the Hershey factory in, the f- in a field. And right next to that field was dairy cows, which is made milk for said chocolate. Uh, but also right next to it were railroads, which could bring people in and out and could bring you know, supplies for candy bars in and out and send candy bars in and out. So it was a pretty smart idea. And this begs or this kind of moves us into uh, the concept. And he's one of the greatest manufacturers in the, in the world. Um, he had a construction program that would eventually become a model industrial town. And Amazon has recently said that they're considering um, setting up a new headquarters. And they're kind of dangling it, kind of the way Tesla did. We're going to build the world's largest lithium-ion battery factory. Who wants it? What city? We're going to bring high-paying jobs to your inconsequential middle-of-America city. (laughs) And cities went nuts over it. Mayors promised things they couldn't promise. I'm I'm sure some of the the illegal stuff, you know, oh, you want a prostitute? Um, Okay, 
Maybe that's, I'm making that up. But I'm sure there were some things done that were a little on the shady side to get some of these deals. And now, um, so Reno got that. Reno got it. Yep. Um, so Tesla, and that, what has it done? It's it's put it's thousands and thousands of jobs. Yep. It's pushed home prices to their highest they've ever been and rents to the lowest they've, uh, vacancies to the lowest they've ever been and rents to the highest they've ever been. And it's created a situation where not only do you have engineers and factory workers who are going to be making these batteries, but you have truck drivers coming in and out. They need a gas station. Um, they need a service station. They need food, more restaurants for all these employees, more waiters, more waitresses, more managers, more opportunities where people like you and I go, you know what? I'm tired of the rat race. Let's open up a pizza parlor. Um, and we do that. So it creates a lot of opportunity when you get a headquarters. Um, I've talked in the past about getting some of the local journals. Like every major city's got a business journal, like the Raleigh Business Journal, the San Francisco Business Journal, the Sacramento Business Journal. And a lot of it is, is tied towards what company is leasing, what company is getting new buildings. So when Apple opens up a new building, it brings in a lot of people. Uh, when Oracle says, you know, we need another building, or Google says, we need another building, they're not having them sit empty. In this case, Amazon's saying we need a new town. Right. Yeah. So they're known as a Seattle-based company. They're pretty famous for that. No? We? We. We. See. Hello, little puppy dog. You are so cute. Come into my cafe. I'm going to make food. I'm going to give you your own chair, little puppy. Uh, can, I get, can I get a table for two? No, my dog is sitting there. So anyway, we're not talking about Paris right now. And my memories of Paris. Oh, their dogs had berets. I love it. And the mimes are for real. They have real mimes in Paris. Which is worse? Mimes or clowns? Mimes. I kind of agree. Yeah. So, okay. So Amazon, what city do you think is going to get it so I can go buy real estate there? Oh, my gosh. Um, The city with probably the most infrastructure or at least the available land to build infrastructure. They've been looking at places like Austin and Boston. I think they looked in a Canadian town. I can't remember if it was Toronto or I don't think it was Vancouver. Listen to this. Um, This is an article out of the NOLA.com. You may have heard that Amazon, the world's largest online retailer, is looking for a new place to house its second headquarters. There isn't a single city in this country, New Orleans, New Orleans included, that can deny the luster of luring a giant, shiny new headquarters building for one of the premier tech companies on the globe. Who wouldn't want a new 8 million square foot Amazon campus with 50,000 new jobs and $5 billion of investment? It's so New Orleans, right? Bringing 40,000 jobs and billion dollars of investments? Everyone would want it. And again, is New Orleans going to get it? No, maybe. But... um. New Orleans needs an economic infusion. Then I go, if I'm Jeff Bezos, I'm like, aren't they below sea level? Yeah. Is this a good idea? Like he's going to go, I want the building on the highest hill. Well, it's definitely a jackpot for people who own real estate right. in the town uh, that they eventually pick or city. But it's also a place where I would consider investing in. Right. Yeah. Yeah, the moment it, they announce the it, I'm going to consider it. Yep. Um, I'm going to f- scan best neighborhoods in New Orleans. Let's say yep. it's New Orleans, because New Orleans is building a brand new, shiny $900 million airport terminal. 
So they're probably they're probably higher on the list because Amazon doesn't want to move somewhere, put a headquarters somewhere where the you know there's like three flights in and out. They're not moving to Raleigh, yeah, North airport, Carolina. Airport, hospital. They're, yeah, they're going to look for an established city. I think Tesla did a great job with Reno. Uh, lots of land to build, new homes, and they are building. Uh, I think Reno will be a good example of what uh, what Amazon is looking for in a new city. You, you said probably a place like Raleigh. Um, good infrastructure already. Lots of land to build and good schools. But it probably around. won't be somewhere like a Blacksburg, Virginia, which is too hasty yeah. and not, not enough infrastructure. But I would definitely consider investing in that city wherever they pick. Right. The U.S. has 55 metro areas with a population over 1 million, excluding Seattle itself and cities in Puerto Rico. It's about 53. So we have a 1 in 53 chance. Um, you're going to leave out uh, towns like State College or Ann Arbor, Michigan, where more than half the population is college educated. Um, but they lack the proximity of a major metro center. You know, one of the reasons the Bay Area has such a, a great market of tech companies is because they've got a great Stanford and Berkeley the schools to pull from. Yep. Uh, you know, you get on a you know, uh, interstate and drive 15, 20 minutes and uh, you get on campus and you, you sell your wares, so to speak. So Amazon is a prototypical innovation economy company and where they go will bring jobs. So um, the cities with the highest percentage of bachelor degrees, New York, L.A., Chicago, Dallas, Washington, Philadelphia. And then you start getting into some possibilities. Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Huge airport. You get into Boston. Um, San Francisco, Oakland, Hayward. I'm like, no, but maybe Oakland, you know, maybe you're going for, maybe you're, but then there's so much competition already with the, the Googles and the Facebooks here. Um, Surprisingly, Austin's pretty high on that list, 42%. Yep. Compared to San Jose, Sunnyvale with 48%. And you see cities like Milwaukee yeah. and they're on the list at 33% of their And there's Raleigh right there, 44% in Raleigh. Well, that's, I mean, you have those three great schools right there. But then again, like San Diego's got all the biotech companies. And so you're thinking of cities like maybe Carlsbad, where you can probably get land mm-hmm. and steel comparatively. And you have L.A., you've got Mexico, you've got San Francisco, you've got China, all within striking distance in theory of airports and ports and such like that. But anyway, it's, a, it's an interesting concept. And when they announce it, it's not going to be built overnight. It could be a gold rush, though. Yeah, it's like the Salesforce Tower in San Francisco. Oh, I used to love San Francisco, and now it's just turning into Brooklyn, which is a okay. It just loses. It's it's kind of like Brooklyn for I don't. I got to be careful what I say here. It's a really really wealthy and affluent Brooklyn. Behave yourself. I'm not saying what's on my mind. I've actually got the internal editor on. You have a lot of practice at it. <sighs> I just don't want to go into Mike's office again. <laughs> I will do anything. I've got one of the best bosses, one of the worst bosses ever. Anytime I get into trouble, he refuses to talk to me directly about it, so he writes it on a note. <laughs> he slides it over to me. Looks the other direction. But I'm like, I have to look at it. I'm like, yeah, I did that. He, he shakes his head like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> am I in trouble? He shakes his head. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's like, I almost have to guess what I do, because he, he he's one of those guys that doesn't want to be bad or be mean. Anyway, wrong, 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 wrong. (laughs) I beat Trump in the battle of wrongs. It's pretty good. Um, Real estate in the Bay Area. What do you see in these days as far as inventory goes? It's 
anemic. Can I tell you, uh, my street had a block party last weekend or two weekends ago, and the percentage of people on the block coming is shrinking year over year over year. And my hypothesis is that there's turnover of people who just don't care anymore. Like, they're like, I just bought a $1.8 million house, and I'm not going to your cute little block party. I got my house. Screw you guys. Which is funny is that's why they bought it on that street. There's no community they bought the charm of the street. And it's losing the community. Yeah. Anyhow and anyway, and I think that is a long-term problem. And a lot like Rome, bring in the, um, let's bring in the Catholics and bring in the Lions. we got to entertain the people. <laughs> I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. You can find Tony Mendez at BayAreaLoanSource.com. He does all my mortgages, and he's someone I trust. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Along with you, you belong with me in my sweet heart. Hi, I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Thanks for supporting the show. If I were to leave today, if I were to have a heart attack, if I were to get into a violent car crash and die, I'd feel pretty good about what I've accomplished. I think I've done a nice job of getting you to save money for retirement, to think about things, to not rush in and go, oh, if I give my money to someone, they're going to guarantee me 8%. That is so much baloney. And then you're saying, what's baloney? Yes, it's a sandwich meat that your parents used to feed to you that you could probably sue them now in hindsight for child abuse. 39% of Americans have no savings at all. 57% of Americans have less than $1,000 saved. That includes 401ks, IRAs, and much, much more. Index funds, robo-advisors, what have you. There's so many good ways to save now. Just start saving is my, I beg you. By age 30, you should have one time your salary saved. By age 35, twice your salary. So if you make 50000 you should have $100,000 by age 35. By age 40, you should have three times. By 45, four times. By 55 times. By 55, six times. How easy is this? By 67 times and by 65, eight times. And that's not, you know, going to fit all sizes. Um, I like to spend money. Um... I'm talking with a, a guy who does sailing right now who sometimes is a drunken sailor, and he sometimes spends money like a drunken sailor. Um, and sometimes he has to swab the decks because he's run out of money and has no way to pay for his hamburger today that he'll gladly pay for next Wednesday. Uh, but a lot of Americans haven't saved. So, uh, enough. So, I want 20 times salary. Classic. Brings me back. So I dated a girl once, Judy, who looked just like olive oil. You has been me girlfriend for a long, long time. And what's interesting about that? On me bended knee, I proposes marriage. I was strangely attracted to olive oil. And like in the cartoon, she's just all leg. And, like, no body, no curve. She's got no curve. So I was attracted to a cartoon character to the point that I probably had some pretty rich images go through my head, like, it's me in olive oil. And she would go, oh, Robert! <laughs> and it would instantly spoil everything for me. But anyhow, and anyway, um, talking about real estate, talking about loans, um, Tony Mendez is a Bay Area realtor. 
him and I go back, not realtor, you're a mortgage lender. Um, you've done three or four loans in the Bay Area alone for me. You've consulted some outside state loans for me. We're working on putting together a package for a new loan for me. You've recently closed a loan for yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're pretty hot and fresh in the market. Um, a lot like dog do, hot and fresh. Hot and fresh, flies uh, all around. Flies all around. So you kind of know what's going on right now. How easy was it for you to get a loan on yourself? But you didn't do it through yourself. You did it through. No, I did it through um, uh, a friend in in the place where we bought it. But uh, it was pretty, you know, it it gave me a good perspective again. Okay. You know, how things have changed. Um, Most lenders today have electronic signatures. And every once in a while, there's something you have to physically sign and send back, like the IRS and the Social Security Administration. They they, they like physical signatures, what they call wet signatures. And you got to do that every once in a while. But, you know, you do the bank statements and the W-2s and the paycheck stubs, and you follow some of the rules, and you, you, you go through. You get the inspection. It, we had some good, great realtors. It was a team. And I liked the team because mm. if one person didn't answer, the other person answered, and they both knew what was going on. A team doesn't work unless everybody knows what's going on. And they had a good property manager that... Um, we were able to work with right away and the house is marketed before the house is even closed and we're going to have a renter in 15 days after closing. And so the, we, we, I did a lot of prep and I, I spent a lot of time figuring out what I wanted to do. And it's, it's what we kind of preach in our, on our side of the table. And that is be, always be prepared. Um, expect so the, the worst, Boy hope for the best. Too. Yeah. Um, I, I, were you in Boy Scouts? No, I was. Yeah. Yeah. I learned how to do, things with my hands a lot. I put myself at enough risk. <laughs> I didn't have to put myself in the Boy Scouts. I was a good-looking boy. I went to a Boy Scout um, Halloween party once. Okay. I decided it wasn't for me. So that's all I got for you. <laughs> Waiting for the punchline. No, that's it. You came with the wrong you, The, punch, the punchline was in there. I put myself at a lot of risk already. Come on. But we you said the punchline first. But come on. So. Thank you. I'm not saying I was an ugly kid, but my scout leader never hit on me. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Thank you, Obama. That wasn't Obama. Who was that? Who was that? I think it was a guy, named, some guy. named Jeff. Oh. Sounds like Obama. You know, when you um, play, that's not even funny. That sounds like Obama. Mike's struggling. <laughs> He's struggling. That's not even funny. There you go. <laughs> Um, okay, back to you. What were you talking about? Something about real estate? Oh, you know, the process of, of you know, getting a, getting a perspective from the other side. And, but lenders are making it a lot easier. Uh, okay. There's a lot of new programs that are coming out uh, to help buyers. in the if They're really specific for the Bay Area, like 95% second loans. Um, so you're putting 5% down to buy a, a million-dollar property type of scenarios, 10% down jumbos with no mortgage insurance. These pro- so the... the Lenders are adapting, not just on the products, but on how to make it easy. Get to know a lender. He won't give you a toaster like your lender would have done 40 years ago, but he will get a loan done. You can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. You can always meet him at my live events. You can find me at RobBlackShow.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.